And now, from somewhere in the Houston Midtown area, it's to sit down with Slick Vic. Welcome, everyone. It's to sit down with Slick Vic. Got a really good guest today coming all the way from. Actually, I'm not going to say it. Maybe this man is flying under the radar for a reason. But <laughs> somewhere, you're still in Texas, right? I am still in Texas. Yeah. I got my boy Jesse. Um, how, how do you pronounce your last name? I probably it's should ask. My boy Jesse Sinopoli. Yeah. Um, audio engineer. Uh, incredible uh, music maker. Jesse, thank you for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, let's just get to it. Um, I don't really know too much about like you know your upbringing, where you came from. Uh, have you evolved? I know I met you in Houston. Uh, I know you used to live in New Orleans, but are, are you originally from New Orleans, or did you move to New Orleans? I am. I'm from New Orleans. Yeah, I lived there until uh, 2016. Uh, I moved to Cincinnati for a few years, and then I came to Houston, and then uh, COVID kind of pushed me out of Houston. <laughs> so now I'm, uh, I'm actually in Fredericksburg now, kind of up in the hills outside of okay. Austin. Yeah. So, you know, in New Orleans, it's uh, obviously like the jazz capital of the world, right? Um, mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about like your influences growing up. Like what kind of music did you listen to? Uh, or, <laughs> did, you grow, did you grow up playing instruments? Yeah. I see so a guitar in the background. Yeah, I, uh, my father is, uh, I would say primarily a blues guitarist or guitarist. <laughs> He's a blues guitarist and, um, also, you know, like rock and just whatever else, but, um, he's been playing, you know, since he was a child basically. So I grew up with him playing in the house and, um, we had a piano in my grandmother's house growing up. So I kind of was, a, you know, around instruments and music since I was a baby, but, um, I didn't really like get into playing probably till I was like kind of more in grade school. You know what I mean? Uh, I finally told my dad, Hey, like teach me how to play some chords or whatever. And um, just slowly but surely picked up another instrument, another instrument, another instrument until I, I could play like five of them, you know, <laughs> impressive, but, uh, very impressive. Um, I always hear that um, it's always like a good idea to start on, on piano. Did you, did you ever start on piano I, or I so I guess you could say I started on piano because again you know when I was a baby at my grandmother's house I would you know kind of sit at the piano and just bang on it you know what I'm saying so I originally I think kind of like I suppose I kind of formed the love of playing an instrument on the piano you know what I mean right but um yeah I would say it is a good start probably because um I don't know man there's just something about it it seems kind of easy to just kind of pick up even if you don't know how to play it you know like guitar you need to know chords and bass it helps to know scales and stuff i don't know something about the piano is just if you press keys and it sounds good that that's that you know what i mean so so you said like five instruments what what other instruments can you play uh so i play piano drums guitar uh bass um i can like program a synthesizer you know all the little envelopes and LFOs and all that fun stuff. Um, and then I can kind of, I feel like when you play guitar, you're also able to play like, you know, ukulele or banjo. Once you kind of figure out the tuning, you can more or less play these instruments. But I would say primarily those things are what I would say do I'm you, a player of. Do you have a preference of, uh, of instrument that you enjoy playing the most? Or the it just, does it depend? The piano? Yeah, the piano is my favorite for sure. 
Okay, okay, but I'm assuming like if you really want to shred, right? If you, I mean, if you're really like angry or something, right? Do you prefer something, or do, is this, think, can you really unload emotion on the piano? Uh, you can definitely unload emotion on the piano, I, but I think, especially in my youth, I would take out anger on the drums for sure. <laughs> There's nothing like just you know banging on those things when you're in a bad mood. It can really help get that out, you know. But uh, unfortunately, I lost my drum set in Katrina, and I just I never bought a second one, so. Or I was, it was like my fourth one already, but I didn't buy another one. Is what I mean. So, so, so you're 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 growing up in New Orleans, you know. Um, when would you say you you started like collaborating with other people? Were you in a band when you were younger, or how did that kind of? Well, come so to I was um, in middle school. I joined like band. You know what I mean. So that was my intro to like working with other music. I was in the drum line, so you know that's more of a tight knit situation going on uh i played drums all through high school um slightly after high school um like core style drum you know but i would say when i started really like collaborating with other independent musicians is probably like i was like post katrina you know what i mean like when i was a teenager um probably uh, a dear a dear late friend um peppermint pony dingle um me and Dingle used to do a lot of work together back then in kind of the wake of Katrina, those next couple of years, played all kind of weird little underground shows and stuff. And uh, a friend of mine also up in New Jersey, uh, his name is uh, DJ Scratch, and he goes by Mike Dabisco now, which is his name. And um, him and I did a couple little collabs here and there for fun. But that was kind of, I think, my beginning of like working with other people. You know, a lot of people... Um, when they get involved with music, especially playing instruments, um, they usually don't venture out into like the behind the scenes stuff, right? The actual recording, mm -hmm. the audio engineer aspect of it. Um, I, I mean, I know you you do that. So is that something that, uh, you know, when you were getting into music when you were younger that you kind of wanted to transition to? Or did that just kind of happen because... You just wanted more control of how your music sounded. It, it was so I don't think I ever really like dreamt of being an audio engineer because I love it. You know, now it's kind of my fact do that more than I play music now. But um, I think the process was more like at one point I started, you know, I had my own little like solo stuff going on and I decided I wanted to do something with some vocals. So I enlisted the help of a dear friend, Jenna Richard, who's the best singer I've ever worked with, you know, I've worked with literally, I don't know, a hundred singers at this point, maybe more, you know, and this, this girl is just amazing, man. And, um, so, you know, I went out and bought a mic and, you know, I had to learn how to do some rudimentary recording and all that stuff like that. And, um, it was a little bit of a combination of me wanting to get our music sounding better, but I think the big push was really, I was going to UNO at the time. And, um, I think it kind of got a little through the grapevine that I had a little recording set up and um, another dear late friend of mine, <laughs> Snoopy, uh, this dude who's a rapper, a uh, great guy, man. And um, he just kind of hit me up and was like, yo, I heard you got a mic and stuff. Like, what if I came and paid you to come and lay some tracks down? And I was kind of like, hmm, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. You know? <laughs> and uh, it just, you know, I recorded him and then people on his album and then their albums and people on their albums. And it just it got to a point to where I was, damn near doing it full time, you know? So um, it just, be, it became a drive to 
be better at that. I think, you know what I mean? That it was like, if these guys are coming and pay me and stuff like that, I, I want their music to sound good, you know? You know, it's mentioned that it's, it's funny how you said that it's one of those things where music, music brings people together, right? Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you come from. Sure. Um, it doesn't matter what you do for a living or what, you know, what, what, what you're into, but if you're into the same type of style, the same music, um, you know, you're, you're willing to just, you know, just come together and, and collaborate. Right. Um, yeah. You you mentioned uh, him being a rapper. Were you? I know I know you 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 uh, are into rap now. Is that something mm -hmm. that you grew up with as well? Were you always into that hip hop? So um, my uh, my household growing up, we weren't really allowed to listen to rap music. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, I didn't really get exposed to rap until. Um, maybe like when I started taking the bus in middle school and they would have, you know, just like the, the pop station on or whatever. And they'd play a lot of rap. And I just immediately was like, this, this is dope. I love this. You know what I mean? And, um, I ended up, um, now, man, most of what I listen to is really like, I've been on nineties hip hop a lot lately, man. I really love a lot of that. Good, like, that's the, that's the good stuff, man. Oh bro. That like 90 to 95. <laughs> I, I really love that era, dude. But, um, yeah, like I just didn't grow up with it at all. And I think, when I was producing a lot of rap for other people, you know, they were always like, you, you got like a, such a kind of a different sound. And I think it's just because I like, didn't come from that sound. You know what I mean? It's more like I discovered it knowing what I already knew, you know, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I would, I would say rap really entered my life um, like middle school. And now again, it's just, you know, I listen to it every day. It's, I listen to everything, but I, I love hip hop man. I really do. It's new old stuff. The eight stuff from eighties, you know, it's, it's all great, dude. You know what's funny is like so like I grew up on hip hop and but I also liked rock you know rock music especially I remember um I was like in middle school and I used to I used to make fun of the kids that listened to the rock and roll man cuz I was like <laughs> man the, the music they're just yelling stuff you know yeah. they're just head banging you're going to hurt your neck um and then my buddy was like here man take this CD it was a burnt CD and I was like, "What? What is this?" He was like, "Just, just take it." And uh, it was Nevermind, uh, Nirvana, yeah. and that just that just changed my my whole perception yeah, on man. music, right? And um, there was still like this stigma, especially around that time. It was like the mid '90s, where like like I was like myself. Maybe it was just the area that I grew up with, mostly a, a you know predominantly black neighborhood, lots of hip hop. Where they were like, oh man, like rock sucks, rock is stupid, it's for white people. But I feel like, you know, maybe you, you know more about this than me, you being more in the music scene. I feel like now, uh, hip hop kind of starts to really, especially like, you know, rappers like Jay-Z and Nas, you know, they... When they, when they talk about their influences, they, they start mentioning all these other genres of music, right? And uh, maybe like that's kind of how it, it helped you out as you were bringing in this whole different type of sound, a sound that didn't originate from hip hop, sure, right? Yeah, yeah. And you talk about your jazz influences, your your rock influences, and maybe, you know, back in the day, it wouldn't be wouldn't have been as accepted. But nowadays, like people are really into like weird, different sounds, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's great, too, because I mean, that's a lot of how you form new genres you know what i mean is you're kind of like okay i like this but like let me do my own spin on it or you know i want to do something that's like a plus b you know what i mean and uh I, I love innovators man like 
you know, it's, you know, shout out to who does it best, but the people who do it first always really hold a special place in my heart. You know, these people that just kind of make their own lane or make their own sound and stuff. I've always really appreciated those bands, you know, for just, I mean, it's not easy to just come up with a genre, you know, like <laughs> I know there's like a lot of them, but in the scheme of things, there's like five, you know what I'm saying? So it's, I always really appreciated the people who just, even if they're not necessarily coming up with a whole new genre, people who just like very distinctly have their own lane, their own sound. You know what I mean? I've always really, really loved that. So, and, um, I mean, especially because you got to think about they're, they're taking a gamble, right? You, yeah. You're not, you're, you're producing a type of music that, isn't mainstream sure it's, it's not something that everyone's doing sure, so yeah. you don't you don't even know if if anyone's gonna like it right yeah you know? it's not and tried and true <laughs> exactly and, and you yeah like you said you 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 have to definitely hold up those people the pioneers right the ones yeah. that that said you know what i don't give a fuck like i <laughs> i like this shit yeah i, it's I don't, I don't care <laughs> i don't care if anybody else does but i like right. this shit yeah. you know and 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 that's that having that passion um i think it's it's what really uh you know ignites that fire mm -hmm. because like like i said there's no one else doing it and you're just really doing it because you like it sure and and, and hopefully you know it, it catches on right yeah and um you know again what just like i love i was saying i love all you know hip-hop from 80s 90s all the way up it's i still appreciate people like cool herc you know that Here's a guy who's like, man, what if I just take the break of a funk song and just loop it over and over and just let people dance to it all night? And like, what a great idea. You know what I'm saying? To to just be like, sure, I can spin these soul records that everybody else is doing or or disco really at the time. But, you know, like, let me just do my own thing here. And boom, here comes hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you said a very special word. Disco. I <laughs> love Disco. Me too. Me ask, what, do you? You're, see, I, I knew I wasn't. People always give me shit about that. Like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. I get dead. it. It's a little Disco's corny dead. in retrospect, like in a way. You know, I understand like why it's kind of like that's some goofy shit. But I, I love it, man. There's like the the pop sensibility it has is kind of undeniable. You know what I mean? Oh man, I, I mean the Bee Gees uh, Saturday Night oh, yeah. Fever soundtrack is a oh, freaking masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Um, so. Let's get back a little bit to uh, to to New Orleans growing up. What sure. what what was what was the scene like? So let's. I, I'm I don't remember how old exactly you are. What are you about? Like you know, uh, late twenties, early thirties. Early thirties, yeah. Early thirties. So, growing up, you're looking at like the nineties, right? Um, yeah. What 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 type of scene was going on in New Orleans during that time? In New Orleans in the nineties, man. Um, well, of course. You know, I guess the, the hip hop scene was like there, but, you know, obviously that didn't really take off until like, um, you know, Master P and Cash My Own. Right. But again, that kind of went over my head at the time because I, I didn't have my own freedom to go out and seek these things out. You know, what I recall a lot of is um, rock really is when I think back to it. I mean, of course, there's always jazz and blues. You go to the right places and check them out. But um, I just remember rock being a big thing there and, and metal too. I know they had all those guys like, acid bath and stuff like that all, all the not the band there's a band called goat whore out of there but a lot of those guys were in metal bands from new orleans prior, prior to that so i do remember metal being kind of a big thing too like in the mid to late 90s you know and uh phil and samos from from there we went to the same high school actually not together of course what but, with yeah. phil 
Yeah, but um, oh, I love, know, I, love a, I love that guy, Pantera, man. I mean, yeah, Pantera's dope, legends. Man. But um, yeah, uh, I remember really just a lot of rock and metal, like in my own experience. You know what I mean? And of course, just you know, you go downtown, you hear like Zydeco and jazz and blues and all that traditional New Orleans kind of music. You know what I mean? But yeah, most so of my you, experience is rock. So you uh, you started doing like with your studio. You said you were, I think you were in college at the time when you really started. Uh, well, so when I first kind of like set my own little studio up to make my goofy little dinky music, that was that was still high school. That was like exactly okay. post Katrina um, because I'd come home and uh, it was like a month afterwards. And I think only like a third of my high school had returned and everything closed at like three o'clock. Right. So here's 16 year old me with no car and basically no friends, you know, and my um, my drum captain, Joey, hit me up one day and I, I looked up to this guy big time. He's my drum captain, you know, super nice dude, cool, great drummer. Um, and he hit me up. and was like, yo, you want to come hang with me and my buddy? I was like, yes, please get me out of the house, you know. And <laughs> I started hanging with them and we had like a week where we just hung out like every day. And he showed me one day, like, look, I have this program where you can program drum beats on here. And we could like come up with cadences for the drum line. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. So I, if I remember correctly, I think I put a copy of it onto my iPod. <laughs> and I brought it home and put it on my computer and um, just started, you know, tinkering around with it. And I realized like, oh, you can do more than just make drum beats on this. I can little piano sounds and synthesizers and blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of grew from there. So I would say like, like late high school is when I kind of started getting the studio. But when it comes to like re recording and all that stuff, yeah, that's more like college. So it, it base you basically took you know, obviously a, a horrible situation in Katrina and you kind of flipped it, right? You were like, okay, yeah. well, I can't really do, I can't go wild. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And you found, you discovered this, this program um, to, to generate beats and realize that you could do so much more with it. And that kind of, yeah. kind of ignited you, right? That kind of pushed yeah, you to, to, to really, really, uh, you know, learn as much as you can about it, right? Yeah, well, I, th I think it was a combination. It was kind of like a right place, right time, you know, because like I said, like most of my friends were gone and stuff, so I didn't really have anything to do, you know. So when I get my hand on this little program that I have a lot of free time and um, was on a lot of ADD medication, I <laughs> was just able to sit there and work on music, you know what I mean? And I just, I would come home from school and go straight to that, you know, and I was like, I would make like 50 copies of each time I'd come out with a CD and go to school and sell them for a dollar, you know, and try to get rid of them all in a day. And it just, um, I had like a little, you know, a little 10 person following at school pretty much that a lot of those people still listen to my music today. And I appreciate all you guys, you know, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, th I think it was kind of just the right place, right time, you know, that there's just nothing to do and a lot of feelings knocking around in there. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I do, man. Like I can kind of relate. Um, like for me, it was the pandemic. You know, I, I started the podcast two years ago and I did it. I did like I think like four or five episodes in the beginning. And then I just I don't know, a combination of, of laziness or I don't, I can't really put my finger on why sure. um, the, the drive went away. But the pandemic hit and, uh, you know, obviously having all this free time, yeah. not working. <laughs> Um, I was like, you know what, let me, let me go back to doing what I love. Let me, and let me, you know, start doing this. And then I just started doing it more consistently. So, you know, we're kind of, kind of, uh, intertwined with that, you know, taking a shitty situation and making the best of it. Sure. Yeah. It, it's definitely pushed me to do a lot too, man. I've, I've outputted more work since the pandemic than like the last 
two, three years beforehand, you know, I've just, like you said, a lot of free time, a lot of reflection to do and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And it just, I was kind of surprised at how much I've been putting out, you know, as, as a solo artist and just doing stuff in general, like working on my engineering, you know, reading more and watching more videos and stuff like that and just practicing engineering more. So you're, you're in New Orleans, you're, you know, you started in high school doing the recording. Now you're in college. Um, I mean, talk a little bit about how that experience, that feeling of, of having people come to you being like, Hey man, like, like, I want to work with you. I want, I want, I want to help. I want you to help me record something because I'm assuming, you know, the way you got out there was, you know, you, you self promoted yourself, right? You're handing out CDs to everybody. And then it gets to the point where people are listening. People are liking it. People are uh, acknowledging your talent. And, and so now you got people looking for you. You want people working with you. And so now you're in studio with, you know, whether it's a rapper or I'm, um, you know, whatever type of musician you're working with, how, how was that whole experience, you know, getting this, this, uh, this new crowd of people coming to you and, and wanting to work with you? So um, I've, I've always said, man, my favorite thing about engineering, the most rewarding thing to me, I mean, it's two things is a, that it, it always changes. So it's always challenging. You're always can get better. You know, you're never just like, all right, I got this. I'm good at this. You know, like <laughs> there's always room for improvement and the way we, engineer in the first place changes a lot, you know? So you, again, you're always needing to relearn what it is you're doing and stay current. But the other thing to me that's the most rewarding is here's somebody who has some art that they, you're able to like help them actualize that art. You know what I mean? And um, that's like a really great feeling to me. I've always loved like helping people and teaching people and any of my things that I'm knowledgeable in, you know, whether it's music or like playing magic cards or so like just things that, I know a lot about, I'm always happy to, to show other people these things, you know? So it's, it's always been really, to me, that's kind of the most rewarding thing is these people coming to me and like, man, I got a dope idea for a song. Just like, I don't have any recording shit or anything, you know? So can I, you know, work with you and kind of the look on their face when you, when you finish it and you turn around and you're like, how's that sound? And they're just like, great. I love it. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's such a good feeling, you know what I mean? To turn that back over to them and, they get to go put it on the internet and be like, look at my, you know, look at my new song, everybody. It's just, it's a really great feeling. I, I do love that. Um, I, I think it's mostly word of mouth, dude. Like, especially back then, I really didn't do a lot of promoting. I mean, I'd be on Facebook, just like, Hey, reminder, I have a microphone, you know what I mean? But right. Right. And, and I, I owe it a lot to rappers, dude, because <laughs> rappers, a put out a lot more music, you know, your, your singer songwriters will come to you and they'll write five songs a year. Whereas your rappers will put out two mixtapes a year that have like 10, 15 songs a piece. Right. So it's that coupled with the fact that there's, you know, there's often a lot of like collaboration features in hip hop, you know, one CD might have five other rappers on it. So you get to work with them. And then, like I said, then they come back because they like what you did and you can record their album, which had five people on it and their albums, which have, five, you know what I mean? So I think that's a huge part of the snowball was just working with a lot of rappers, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a little bit of self promotion too. That's that's always important. So talk talk to a little talk a little bit about the process. So I'm a, I'm a rapper. I come in the studio. I like, hey man, I got this dope ass song. You know, I I I rap it to you. When when I'm doing that, are you seeing? I mean, are you hearing the sounds? Are you hearing the the beats? How, how does that process work? 
So most people that come to me already have their beats. You know, it's it's kind of a little bit of a, a different situation when they're looking for music. But when they do come to me and they're like, I want you to produce my tape or whatever, you know, I'll, you know, just, well, what is it you're looking to do? Like, what are some of your influences? What, what Show me some songs that you want, you think are dope. They don't even need to be rap songs. Show me some electronic shit or some rock. Like, what are you looking for exactly? You know what I mean? And um, I try to kind of give them what they want, but also with my take on it, because I know that you're coming to me because you like the way my sound is. You know what I mean? Like, why else would you be here? Right. So I, I don't. I, I've always really hated when someone's like, Hey, can you make me like exactly this beat? I'm just like, like, I don't want, I don't really want, I don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll make you something like my take on that type of beat, you know, but it's always really kind of clammed me up when people are like, Hey, can you do like this exactly? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I try to just get into like what it is that they're looking for and then kind of just do my twist on that. You know what I mean? And especially if we get to work in person, you know, cause you can do a lot of stuff remotely now, but we work in person. I like to kind of sit down and just we'll tinker around with some sounds and just, you know, how about that? You know, how about that? Like, does this sound good? Do you like where this is going? You know? And I think once we kind of get a groove going, I kind of know what they want. I can just sort of hammer out a lot of work for them at that point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm also assuming like, I mean, the lyrics, right? Like if they're over here rapping about, you know, something, something, uh, something not, you know, either sad or angry or, I mean, that, that the emotion of, of the lyrics kind of does play a role in what, and what yeah, you're going to um, do musically. Right. Yeah. And like a song to song basis. Yeah. I, I would kind of be more like, all right, well, this is, you know, this is going to be a slower track or this is going to be something a little more hype or, you know, aggressive or not. But, um, I, I, you'd be surprised. It doesn't often come to where they'll just rap a song out to me and I'll write from there. It's more just like I they'll come to me for some beats. And then as I make the beats, they're kind of like, oh, this is what I wanted to put on this beat or like this beat makes me feel that sort of way. You know what I mean? Mm, I kind of just yeah. try to write in my own separate emotions like, well, here's something aggressive and here's something sad. You know what I mean? And kind of let them run with it. And I, I also really like to I do this in my own music a lot as well is like what I give you is often like half the product because I want to see what you're going to do with it. And then I'll build around that. You know what I mean? Um, I really like to do a lot of like post-production type of stuff. And again, like even in my own music, this last album I just put out, man, it's, if you heard the tracks, like as I made them as demos and then now it's like two completely different albums, you know, cause it's just as I'm working on it, I think, well, this would be cool. Or what if I did this here? And you know what I mean? Like just of the repetition of hearing it and wanting to break up repetition and stuff like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always just thought, um, I've always found pro- the process of how artists create just very, uh, very fascinating. So you're, you're, you're in, uh, New Orleans for a while. And then, uh, I mean, how, how were things going career wise for you while you were there? I mean, I'm sure, um, things were, were growing and growing and you were making making a name for yourself while you were there, right? Yeah, man. I, I, I can't even front dude. Like, uh, those last, the last five years specifically, but really those last maybe like two years that I was there, shit was just popping off, dude. Like those last couple of years, especially I, w- I, w- I quit my job. I was just in the studio all day, every day, pretty much. Like I was in there like 40 hours a week. Um, you know, I lived like kind of around the corner from where my studio was set up. 
because you know of course initially my studio was like at, was at my mother's house when i was a teenager but then it was at my place then it was at a big studio you know what i mean um and there dude it was like i was in there every day just working on that and um i think that oh sorry i kind of forgot where i was going with that <laughs> can you repeat that last question again no 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 I, I was just you know you were, you were answering oh, yeah. it no i was i was just talking about uh the level that you were getting right. sorry okay towards... so yeah i uh, mean like i said it just got crazy busy towards the end there you know it's like i'm making money hand over fist i'm getting to work with bigger and bigger artists i'm i just i'm li i'm literally living my dream you know what i'm saying i'm like i get to make my own hours i just like kind of wake up when i feel like it i show up i make a bunch of money i, I get twisted with these dudes and then I get to like go to a bar at two in the morning around the corner and do what I want and pass out at 7 a.m. You know, like I, I was really kind of like living this little dream life. But at the same time, man, I really was. I was like not happy living in New Orleans. And I think a lot of people that have known me for a long time, you know, people from New Orleans that knew me before that um, were aware of that kind of since I was at least since college, man, I kind of just really had this like yearning to get out of New Orleans. And I think that I was living a little too good on, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I kind of felt like I was kind of starting to lose control a little bit of just having too much control over my, I don't know if that makes sense. You know, like I just was kind of like wilding out. And um, I was like, man, if I don't like get out of this, I'm just like, Lord knows where I'm going to end up. You know what I mean? I was just kind of like drunk and depressed all the time, despite you know, they say like money doesn't buy happiness. Like it was kind of that kind of situation. So I just, I like busted out, man. I just um, shut my studio down with like a month's notice and I moved to Cincinnati. Um, you know, you mentioned it, getting twisted with other, with the artists. Um, you know, obviously it's no secret uh, when it comes to music, you know, the artists <laughs> like, like to indulge with, yeah. without getting into any specific, what type of uh, mind altering substances. Um it, you know, you mentioned, you know, you had to get out of there, you know, maybe because, you know, being depressed, being, you know, drinking and whatnot. But uh, what is your opinion on um, making music while getting twisted, while, while indulging? Is, is that something that you... Whatever works. Whatever works, man. I totally... To be honest with you, man, when I am uh, completely sober for extended periods of time, I don't write. I just... I like... It's not that I don't want to. I'll sit and try to. I'm just not very good at it. I tend to do my writing when I'm a little messed up. You know what I mean? Whatever I may be on. Um, right. And man, if you, if you got to do the hard stuff to put out some gangster shit, like I'm not, I'm not saying that those two things are mutually exclusive. Like you don't right. have to do the hard stuff to put out gangster shit, but if, if that's what it takes and that's what you're willing to do, like I'm, I don't judge, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's and, I, and I'm sure you, and I'm sure you've ran into people that can, that 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 don't really get messed up like that and still can yeah, do music right totally. just I, uh, to, to, to his or own right yeah i um i'm friends with um alfred banks it's a big rapper out of new orleans and that dude doesn't doesn't drink or smoke or anything man that guy's great you know he's fantastic at what he does and um and at the same time i know people that i don't know how they're even standing in front of the microphone you know what i mean there's times where i'm just like dude i would have passed out an hour <laughs> ago on what, what you're doing right now you know what i mean like i've i've seen some in my studio, I kind of just let people do what they wanted to do for the most part, you know, and sometimes that line got a little pushed where they were just like, right. I'm about to run some of this right now. Like, All right, man, go for it. But don't die, please, while you're <laughs> But um, And they get up there and do great shit, you know, and it's like, All right, whatever works, you know, you, you know, it works. You're, 
you clearly do this so like this is your thing you know so do your thing man <laughs> i'm just yeah, here to make you know, sound good <laughs> yeah when it comes to you know being an artist right it, it's one of those things where it's like one of the few if not the only type of field where you're kind of just given this free reign right mm -hmm. like whether whether you're a musician or an actor or an, uh, you know an actual painter um like, like nobody cares what you're doing behind the scenes as long as what you're producing is good yeah. they're just like hey man whatever you're doing just keep it up because you're pumping out some good shit huh for sure and, and like i know a lot of people again you know there's artists that are pretty much sober and you know, rappers you know they'll be sober that'll rap about getting fucked up and it sounds cool and it works and there's people who are super fucked up that don't ever talk about that you know what i mean they don't really delve down that road in their musicianship um and even dude i've even carried it into like my engineering personally like um a lot of times when i'm mixing for other people you know somebody sends me an album to work on whatever i'll get like 80 percent of it done sober right because if I'm, if I'm a little messed up, it's, you know, engineering is like an intensive process and it, it'll, you'll just start to kind of like get worn out a lot easier. You know what I mean? But you get a lot of that bulk out of the way, you go take like an hour or two break, you know, have a few drinks, whatever, come back and work on it again. Then you have this real creative side of like, oh, this would be cool if I put like a big delay on this, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of like let my artist slash listener side come back to the mix after the fact when I've, when I've done whatever I'm doing, you know what I mean? And, um, I feel like it, I get benefit from both sides of the coin. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's almost like getting a new, a new set of ears, yeah, totally. right? even though it's your ears, but yeah. you know, they, it's, they're altered now, right? They, they, sure. they you, you've done whatever you've done and, and now you kind of, you know, things are a little bit different and the sound now you go, oh, well, I didn't think about this before. Right, what if right. I did this? What if I did that? Yeah. Yeah. And even in the reverse order, dude, a lot of times, like I said, I write when I'm a little twisted and it's like, I'll, you know, make a song at one in the morning and I'll wake up and listen to it again at noon and be like, I, this is like a new song to me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, it's like a new song by me to me. <laughs> so um, then I can kind of get a little sober input on it. Like, all right, well, I like what I did here, but let me clean up some of these rough edges you know what i mean i kind of just like onto the page let me uh edit this a little bit you know <laughs> yeah absolutely um so you said then you went to cincinnati cincinnati yeah why cincinnati ohio i mean it's pretty cold up there isn't it it's you know you'd be surprised it was um it was both cold and very hot i was i was kind of drove like because <laughs> when you leave new orleans for you know 12 hours north you're like right i get to get away from these miserable ass summers because they are miserable you know um and i got up to houston and it's like not only i'm sorry not to houston to cincinnati it's like not only is it like damn near 100 degrees in the um and humid you know and uh, during the summertime, but like no one has AC. So you're just like in people's houses, just like dying, sweating, you know, and they're all just like got the windows open, mine and they're I'm like, man, I'm used to AC. It's always 68 in everybody's house. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it was hot, man. But yeah, it was also very cold. Um, I got up there. Um, it was my girlfriend's um, where she was from. So we were like, we want to get out of here. Let's we can go there. Well, I, you know, you know, people there. We got a little bit of a, a foothold. So went up there and bought a house, um, got like a, a deal on like a house and kind of a, a little lower income neighborhood or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? And, um, kicked it there for three years and then busted out. Talk a little bit about, I mean, what were, were you still doing the, the music thing in Cincinnati? Were you uh, meeting yeah, so new that, artists and that? 
that is um, to, to backtrack a tiny bit. Um, the last six years I was in New Orleans, six, seven years, I was producing primarily my, my main um, focus in my music was um, a hip hop group. Um, anybody knows me knows this group. <laughs> um, and we had kind of a falling out as I was leaving. Um, I, you know, when I went to move, because again, I just I was miserable and I kind of came to him. I'm like, guys, you all know I hate it here. You know, I'm miserable. Like I found a way out, but we can continue to work together. You know, I'll, uh, you send me some stuff, you record, I'll mix it. I'll send you my beats. You record like, well, we still have that same relationship, just not in the same room. I was like, you can fly up there. I don't give a fuck. We'll record shit there. Come over for a week. You know what I mean? And um, they were kind of like, OK, bet. And then pff, that was the end of the, <laughs> the relationship was just over with. So when I moved, I suddenly found myself with like nothing to do for the first time in years. You know, I don't have no clientele here. I just went from recording dozens of people a week to nothing and no artists to be primarily working for. So that's when I started my solo career back up with all of these uh, soundbite releases I've been doing over the last few years. So, um, like I said, when I moved there, I bought a house and um, I just bought it. So I didn't have to worry about like paying rent or working or anything. So I just kind of like reflected, man. I worked on music. I reflected on myself. Um, I spent a lot of time just, you know, more or less staring at the wall thinking, you know, and uh, it, it did give me a good opportunity to find myself as a musician again. You know what I mean? To get out of just like mostly doing producing hip hop, you know, and I, I know you can still see a lot of that. And what I do now, it's clearly like this guy must have done hip hop at some point. You know what I mean? So I carried a lot of that over, but also reached way back into like things I used to do when I was a teenager, kind of a little more electronic sort of sound and whatnot, you know? And um, yeah, but since he was a nice place to kind of like take a breath and take stock and like who I am as a, both a person and a musician, you know? So I got to do that. Although I have to say my engineering kind of had to suffer at the same time because I had kind of a less than ideal setup there. And um, again, went from working with dozens of people all the time to nothing. So I didn't get to like keep sharp at it. You know what I'm saying? So I also kind of used my own music as like not so that I wouldn't lose engineering, you know, so I'd have something to work on. But um, yeah, that's that's mostly my music. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I don't know how I could leave this out. I did run across a great band, man. Uh, these guys, Jim's is the name of the band. And it's a uh, dear friends of mine. Man. I love these guys to death. And, um, you know, when I first got there, I got a job bartending, like maybe six months in or something. Cause I was bored. Like I said, I was just like sitting around all day. And, um, these guys worked at that bar, um, kind of like part-time, you know what I mean? It, Cause it was, it was like a, it's actually a music venue. It's called the Southgate house revival. This is like one of the biggest indie venues in the country from what I understand. And this is in Northern Kentucky, which is like 10 minutes, uh, South of Cincy proper, really like five minutes South. It's right over a river. Right. And, um, you know, it was kind of disheartening, man. Cause it was like, I would come there. And, you know, I'm seeing music, all, there's just live acts all day, every day, right? Is what they do. And they'd get off stage and I'd be like, hey, man, you know, I'm an engineer, blah, blah, blah. I'd love to work with you sometime. Here's my card. Here's my giant ass resume. And they'd be like, that's cool, man. Can I get a Bud Light? Like people would just like really ignore me. Really. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was really disheartening to go from like being on top of the world to just like give me another Bud Light. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, Very humbling though, right? It was also hey. humbling. Yeah. But it, yeah. Was, it was, again, it was frustrating as well. Well, these guys, I got Jim 
you know, he handed me his little, his EP that he had just done. And I was like, man, this is dope stuff. And I heard he was recording a new album. And I was like, look, let me, um, let me master it for you. I know you already got somebody to mix it, mix it and all that. I said, let me master it. Come over. We'll drink some beers. We'll master this. If you don't like it, throw it away. I don't care. Like I, we can hang out worst case. You know what I mean? And he came over he mastered it. And, um, he just, he loved what I did, man. And we ended up, um, going on tour together. I was a sound engineer so we oh, toured wow. together on like three or four separate tours. And then um, he was, you know, when all of that was done, he's just like, man, I'm ready to write another album and I want you to produce it. So um, that's what I did, man. I, uh, he came to me with a bunch of songs. I helped him flesh them out, produced it. Um, we recorded the entire thing short of his drum set was recorded at his brother's studio, I believe, at like a garage studio, you know. The whole rest of the album was done at my place. Um, and then when I moved to Houston is when I mixed it. So they're, um, they're waiting to put it out. Now, you know, the pandemic's got everybody waiting to drop music, but, uh, definitely check that out when it drops out, it's going to be called sentimental health by gyms. And that's going to be a great record, man. I'm really proud of working on that one. And, um, that really helped, you know, again, I, I went from working with everybody to nobody. It was really nice to be able to just like be in my element again, you know, to, to feel kind of needed in the studio, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Ranch Houston, compromise of Ashe Yoga and Wellness, The Garden Project, and The Mill HTX is an intentional conscious organization created for adults to connect to an inclusive community through art, food, nature exploration, and movement, and for school-age children to empower themselves through education on sustainability and edible gardening. It is run by Tamika Kasten-Miller and Lenny Kasten-Miller. Highly recommend it. Y'all go get your stretch on, get your garden on, and uh, yeah, just go out there and meet some good people and have a great time. We are also brought to you by Apparel Up, the leading custom apparel provider in Houston, Texas. They help customers represent their brand correctly with high quality, long lasting custom apparel. Whether you're in need of embroidered scrubs for your medical practice, embroidered polos for your nationwide enterprise, or screen printed shirts for your sports team, they got you covered. They are dedicated to providing you the highest quality of screen printing and embroidery service. Run by the very talented Jennifer Franco. Get your embroidery on from Apparel Up. You know, you know, we talked about it earlier on how, you know, we we take these, you know, sh shitty situations and are, you know, able to polish them into diamonds. And, yeah. you know, you so you go to Cincinnati, um, not not the same level in studio, not having all these people coming to you, but you, again, were able to take this situation and, and make the best of it. And so what you started doing, you started focusing on yourself. Mm -hmm. You started focusing on your own music, right? You know, looking looking inside of you. Um, I mean, how difficult was that transition? Because here you are working with other people's music, right? You're, yeah, you're collaborating, but you're really, you're really trying to get their message across, right? Mm -hmm. You're really trying to say, okay, what do you want? Now it's no longer about them. It's about you. What do you want? Right. Was there, was there some type of transition or, or was it just easy for you to really just be able to create, you know, from, from, from within? So, like I said, I, you know, before I started working with everyone else, I spent like, you know, two or three years as a teenager doing my own stuff. Right. Um, and once I, you know, was set with all this free time, it kind of was just like, well, let's just go back to making music. You know, I mean, it's the same thing I did for this group that I mostly produced um, is I would just be 
making music as an artist. I just would make sure that it's hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So this was kind mm -hmm. of the same thing. Well, let me keep making what I think is dope, but it doesn't need to be something necessarily that can be wrapped on. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it kind of it, it kind of just gives you more free range to do. Whatever, yeah, just right? the, the box was bigger all of a sudden. You know what I mean? And, and you can tell when you know, especially when you go back and listen to that first record. A few of those songs I actually made in New Orleans that just like two or three of them that got carried over. You know, um, but I also in that thrust of a transition, you know, I was left with a lot of emotions to say. It was kind of like, you know, here's my whole life that I worked on building for twenty something years. You know, and I just literally balled it up and threw it away and then went and sat in a house by myself. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I had a lot of emotions of like how I felt about friendships and relationships and relationships with my parents and the people I used to work with, you know what I mean? And, and myself. And um, so that, that album, that's particular album to me has always had kind of a special place because it was like each one of those songs really was like very, uh, none of it was just like, let me make something that sounds cool. Like it all felt really organic. Like they each were a little thought or feeling that I was having at the time, you know? So that album really just poured out of me. And it's also my biggest of the solo. That's the, um, the most songs. Cause like I said, it was just, it was just coming out, you know? And, um, I think that that really just carried on through the rest of it that I kind of just tried to make it to where, um, you know, to just kind of keep some emotion and not just be writing for no reason. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. It's kind of, a, it's very therapeutic, right? It is. Kind it's of, very yeah. therapeutic, man. Even when you, whether you know you need it or not, every, every time that I like bring a song out, it always, I don't know. You just feel a little better after the fact. Hmm. So Cincinnati was kind of a place where you kind of had the, 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 the time to, 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 kind of rediscover yourself, kind of go back to go back to your roots. So then you come to the dirty South, you come back, you come back and, but this time you come to, to my neck of the wood, you come to H town, Houston, Texas. Um, again, why Houston? What, what brought you to H town? I would have just stayed there. I like Cincinnati a lot for the record. It's a, it's a great city, man. Um, but it, when I wanted to get out of there, because I was just like, all right, I love doing music and it's not working out here. So I need to get out. Right. So I go, well, my father lives in Houston because he moved there after Katrina, my father mm -hmm. with my stepmother and sister. So um, I was like, well, I, I don't want to go back to New Orleans. So let's just go to Houston. I know people there. Right. <laughs> and I also figure there's like six million people. Somebody needs some studio time. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I, I shot back down to Houston. And, uh, I mean, just talk a little bit about uh, your experience in Houston. What, how, how would you compare it to those other, well, mainly New Orleans, right? Since kind of Cincinnati, you know, was, was really more about working on, on your stuff. But mm -hmm. talk a little bit about just, you know, the differences, similarities of, of the Houston music scene and uh, the New Orleans, comparing it to New Orleans scene. You know, man, what's funny is by the time I ended up hitting Houston, um, so I went through like, it took me months to try and find a place that was like reasonable to set up a studio at, right? I was like, I don't want to do it in my house. I want like my own place again so I can have foot traffic, you know? And um, it took me so long to find a place that I think I kind of, like you said, kind of just lost that drive for a minute, you know? 
and it ended up that I didn't eventually it was like, I think like the beginning of February, like about exactly a year ago, I said, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to set my studio up in my house. Like I, I miss my studio. I miss being able to make my own music. If, if somebody wants to come to my house, record, fuck it. They can come to my house. Right. And then a month later, <laughs> all of a sudden, COVID. yeah. Um, so, you know, my income I was doing a lot of Ubering at the time and shit, and that just dropped out from under me, you know, no one needs studio work in the middle of the beginning of the pandemic, you know, and I just, I kind of like panicked and I, um, <laughs> I called my dad and was just like, I don't know what I'm about to do. You know, I have like no income. I just like paid rent, you know, it's the beginning of the month and shit. I just paid rent and all that good stuff. And I'm just like, I'm like broke, man. I don't know what to do. And so he made some phone calls and he was like, well, I, I can get you this job out in Fredericksburg. And I was like, but what else am I going to do, man? So I shot over here and started working here. And what looked like it was going to be the short term thing, you know, ends up being this long term thing. And then I ended up just kind of having to move here. Luckily, my lease was up like a month later anyway in Houston. So I was able to seamlessly kind of make that transition back here. But now I'm here surrounded by uh, wood walls and all that good stuff out here in the <laughs> hill country for uh, probably until like later this summer. And then I'd like to move to Austin, actually, is my next move. So we're hopping around Texas. So you're out in the hill country. I mean, New Orleans, Cincinnati, Houston, these are big metropolitan areas. Yeah. Um, obviously, it being the pandemic, um, it's really not the best time to be going out and partying and whatnot. But I mean, so how how is life now and in, in where you're at now? Is is it because it's the pandemic, you're 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 indoors most of the time anyways, or so um, dude, it, uh, man, it really was just it's perfect timing, man. When it comes to like the pandemic and all the election craziness and shit, like I'm really in the best spot in the middle of nowhere, you know? <laughs> and, right. um, um, at the same time, like you said, you know, I've only ever lived in like major cities, like a million plus people. So being set into a town that has 12,000 people in it has like, really, it was some adjusting, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> was, there's, you know, there's like one HEB and a Walmart here. That's like the height of the excitement more or less. There's like main street that has a bunch of little, shops and bars and shit which is fun one time more or less you know it's a quaint little town man but it's you know it's not new orleans or houston or cincinnati so um you know as nice as it was to be able to kind of dodge the pandemic um i am a little bored here i'm uh i am like uh, you know adulting as they like to say <laughs> i'm um, i'm working a nine to five at the moment i got myself like a nice little salary job here now um and I'm kind of just doing that. And this is actually, I'm waiting on the company to move to Austin. I'm going to be moving with them. But when I move, I would like to open up a, a studio there again. I mean, obviously I have a studio here, but I'm not recording anyone at the moment. I'm just kind of like getting remote work. And that's been kind of steady. I mean, musicians typically aren't the most, you know, money laden people to begin with. So the fact that the pandemic is kind of messing a lot of that up, it's, it's, it's definitely affected the business big time. I can tell you that. Um, but it's starting to pick back up a little bit again, you know, like during the fallish kind of into the beginning of like towards the end of the year, it was, it almost dried all the way up, but now it's, it's coming back. So I think by the time I, you know, I can, I'm getting my chops back up really nicely here. I love the new stuff I'm getting out of here. Um, I'm, I'm able to, with this new job kind of, you know, get some better equipment and stuff. And then when I get to Austin, I think I'll be ready to be like, all right, let's, let's get it again. You know what I'm saying? Without getting into the specifics of the new job, just is the new job 
related to to music and, and engineer audio nope. engineering and stuff like nope. that? I am a warehouse manager. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but but I, I guess in that sense, like uh, it it kind of makes you appreciate the music more when you get home right and it's like oh now even if you like enjoy the people you work with or what you're doing it's still not making music right yeah and and you know it's it's funny you know when you think like again you know it's like here i had this little like perfect dream world that i just kind of like kobe'd out of the way you know and now i'm a warehouse manager <laughs> it's like you know the again the money's still nice and all that but it's it's like man this is just so boring you know like i miss just getting ripped and making music, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And I am excited to get back to that. I know the music industry is kind of rough right now, but I'm, I'm ready to take another stab at it. Cause at the, at the very least I have this for a backup, you know? True. True. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, yeah, it really, it really puts things in perspective, right? You know, people sometimes say, Oh, well you should try this, do the nine to five, do that. Right. And you know, you, you've, you've done the music that you've been, you know, been a high in demand, you know, producer, and then now you're doing the nine to five. And, right. and I guess now you're going to try to probably find that balance, right? That you don't want to yeah. get too engulfed in that life. Yeah. Um, but you know that, you know, kind of know your barriers, you know, your boundaries, because you've already been there and done that, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, if New Orleans is one extreme, this is the other. And I, I yeah, as you said, I'd like to kind of find that little kind of middle ground once I move. Um, but I, I've also like, I've really, you know, when I was in New Orleans, I was drinking like a bottle plus a day and shit like that, man. I was just, I was acting crazy. And um, now I, I like might have a beer at the end of the day, you know? So I don't, I'm not like too worried about, and, and this wasn't even like a purpose thing. Like I'm going to quit drinking. I just, once you, I tell you what, man, like living in New Orleans is very, very, very hard to not drink a lot, you know? Um, I mean, you got, you got your liquor stores and bars open pretty much 24 seven, right? It is 24 seven. You can, you can go <laughs> down the street to the corner store and buy like a bottle of goose or whatever, like all day, every day you can stand outside and drink it. Like there's not much to do besides party. It's the greatest party you can go to, but that's what there is to do, you know? So, um, like just getting out of that, even like the first month I was in Cincinnati, my alcohol like plummeted, you know what I mean? So it wasn't really like a conscious decision, decision, but I am very glad I did it, man. Cause I look back at like, kind of, again, like how crazy I was being and shit. And I'm just like, man, I'm kind of glad I got out of all that, you know? So now it's like, you know, I'm a little older. I got a clearer head and all that. I've got some time to like get some better equipment and stuff. So yeah, once I move out, I, I do want to find that kind of like, you know, more professional balance <laughs> going on. Well, I think I think Austin's going to be a great move for you, man. You know, Austin yeah. is, uh, you know, considered what the live music capital of the world. Yeah, it, they have an incredible uh, array of different types of music. Yeah, that are there, um, and it's really, you know, it's it's really popping right now. You know, not just with the tech companies, but you have this this big migration of people coming from New mm -hmm. York, from California. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, call it the Joe Rogan effect or which, whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, they're, they're Elon Musk, you know. I mean, yeah, people, that factory people are, setting up. Yeah. yeah, people are coming, man. People are yeah. coming to, to Austin, to it's Texas. It's a cool place, and, man. I, I, went yeah, there, I, I went there one time, like, I don't know, seven years ago or something like that. And I was like, this place is dope, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm already, I haven't been there once. I'm excited to go back, you know what I mean? Yeah, one thing you, there, there will be no shortage of is musicians. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Yeah, there's pl plenty of those, and uh, 
you know, who knows? You you might end up working up, you know, working with somebody who's just barely coming up, and right. uh, you know, you can be a part of the the process of where they, you know, they blow up. You know, yeah, and for sure. That could that could that could definitely uh, put you on the map as well. You know, um, you know, one thing, uh, you know, listening to your music, you know, your music, um, you know, you don't have vocals, right? In, Correct. In your yeah. music, um, is is that something that you just never were somebody who wanted to, you know, somebody who who's a singer or is it just, that's what you prefer to, to tell your story or to tell a story within each individual song. And you're just like, you know what? I don't, I don't need, I don't need words. I don't need lyrics. So I would say the root of why there are no lyrics is um, a, I can't sing. And B, <laughs> even if I kind of tried to fake singing, I, I don't really, I feel like I don't want to use the word cringy, but I feel like just weird, like putting my feelings into words that are like put on wax and they're just there forever. Cause I feel like uh -huh. I'm going to hear it back five years later and just be like, ah, oh, what a fucking <laughs> asshole. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I, I, that was like the root of it. But as you said, yeah, it's like, okay, well now I, I need to use my music to tell that same story. You know, it can't just be this like verse hook verse. That's the end of the sermon. You know what I mean? Um, so I definitely try my best to like get to squeeze as many, you know, like as much of a message out of each song as I can. Does that make sense? Just in like yeah. in lieu of vocals, you know, but it's really, I just can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and I don't know, I mean, because, because you've only focused on, on not using lyrics, but I, w I would imagine um, is, do you think it's it's more difficult to convey that message without the words or does it not matter? Because I guess at the end of the day, it's all about interpretation. Right. So, yeah, you, um, you, you, you might be saying, oh, well, this song, you know, is, is releasing certain types of emotion for me. But if this different person gets another message out of sure. it. What it, what does it matter what the original message was? Yeah, right? and it's like it's cool because I know the vocals can be the same way. I know people can take lyrics and be like, "Well, I feel like it means this," or "I feel like right, it means right. that." But um, you know, when you do the same thing on music, it's it's a, it's more implicit. You know what I'm saying? So there really is like a lot more room to kind of be like, "Well, this just makes me feel like that." You know, there's no words to kind of like guide you in any particular direction. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, the best I can do is like major chord, minor chord to make you feel a certain way, you know? Right, right, um, right. So, yeah, I've had a lot of people that, you know, will come and tell me like, oh, man, this one you did here is this is like, this is like sexy or something. I'm like, that wasn't even what I was thinking about, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, I was looking like going for sexy or going for right, sad right. or, you know what I mean? It's just, I'm, I'm glad but, but that you were able to get but what that you doesn't, take out of that. That doesn't, yeah, but that doesn't insult you, right? Like, you're, no, you're, not just, at all, no. you're just glad that, that, they were able to get something out of it, right? And that, that's the goal to me, man. I, in fact, I just I posted this like two days ago. I just said that, um, you know, I've had, um, I was, now all my music's going on to Spotify. I finally caved in, but it was on Bandcamp for the last like five years, right? Four, four years. And a third of my plays have come from the last month. And I was telling people, man, I, that I appreciate it so much that like, I'm not looking to be like, famous or you know on some big ass stage or anything but like the fact that people take the time out of their day which i know people have no attention span and i, I understand because neither do i but to like you know take those little 15 minutes to listen to my little ep or whatever and then feel something and come back and tell me that is, is it's a great feeling you know what i mean that people that you made somebody feel that's what art is for you know when, when you 
you know, if you're a painter or whatever, somebody can look at your painting and be like, man, I get an emotion out of that. Like you've completed your mission. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that emotion may be like, you're just, you're there to elicit emotion more or less, you know? So I do really, I do really appreciate anybody that again, takes the time to listen and that they felt something. They weren't just like, yeah, cool track, man. You know, like (laughs) that they're just like, Oh, I really, you know, this made me feel X or Y or that that's dope, man. I, I love that. You know, you you have a song called uh, "I Hope God Can Forgive Me." <laughs> yeah. Um, I I, I want to say that is that off Ghost? I it is off Ghost, which turned four uh, years old uh, yesterday, by the way. <laughs> oh, uh, happy yeah. anniversary! Yeah. Thanks. Um. So, just just you know, we're talking about getting different things out of it. When when I hear that song, um, I feel like the title of that track is, is just you're just you're just saying you're the title saying like hey man you know forgive me god because i'm fixing to fuck this track up like <laughs> I'm, I'm just not gonna give a fuck and i'm just because it's like it's like all over the place man and and, yeah. and you know it's like hey man i'm i'm uh, forgive me for not following the rules <laughs> but i'm you know is, is that kind of where that where you came with that like i, I did i know I, I, I love that interpretation <laughs> i uh <laughs> no that would uh Without getting in any specific sins, you know what I mean? Right. I think it was more of just like, man, again, coming straight out of New Orleans and my crazy life. I'm just, I hope God can forgive me, man, because <laughs> I've been through some shit. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of what okay. I was saying with that one. There was, again, there was a kind of maybe a few specifics, but um, yeah, I, was, I hoped God could forgive me at that point. <laughs> um, I mean, you also have on one, uh, what, I think it's so- Sociopath Part 1. Yeah. Where you where you have a very nice, uh, intricate uh, collaboration of the violin and the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you even determine what what is what you're going to use and how you're going to use it in certain tracks? Is it is it just are you just playing around with mostly? Yeah. Um, so usually my writing process is. Um, you throwing stuff at the wall, right? And one thing will stick, boom, it'll hit the wall and be like, that's it. That's the that's the riff I want to build this song around, whether that's a drum loop or whether that's, um, you know, a piano line that I come up with. Because I, I try to um, use my piano to write a lot when I can, or just even digging through samples. If maybe I'm listening to some music I've never heard and that's it. I can, I can take that little two seconds and like slow it down and make a beat out of it, right? I'll take that. And from there, I just try to be like, what would sound cool on top of this? And kind of the same thing. I'm just browsing through sounds or playing around on the piano until, uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good on top of that. I lay that down. And, you know, a lot of times when I start a song, it'll be like a kind of an eight bar loop that I'll just build and build and build on. And then I'll like kind of structure it outwards. You know what I'm saying? And be like, all right, I'll drop this here and add that here. And, you know, the, the bass will be gone in this part and come back on that part. Kind of, you know what I mean? So um, hey, you, you must just have a large library of It's, of it's accrued over sound. the 15 years I've been doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because um, I'm sure I'm sure there's there's moments where you're like, ooh, I like this, but it doesn't fit here. Let me just let me just save yeah. this for later. Right? I do do that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and in fact, uh, the, I put this album out in July, I think it was. It's called Incomplete. And Incomplete is, uh, I think it was like 16 tracks that I had started. And I was like, well, these are cool, but I can't come up with more than 30 seconds. You know what I mean? I can't. Th- this isn't enough to flesh out a full song. Right. And um, when I got a new computer for my studio, um, it came to the point where it was like, well, 
this old one, all these tracks are just going to like go to waste. It's going to go sit in my closet. And, they, and these like pretty cool little ideas will just never see the light of day. So what I did was I didn't change any of them. I just like mixed them to clean them up, you know, made them sound better and strung them in like a mixtape kind of fashion where they just lead into one another. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, I mean, like I said, that's kind of just an example of like things that I'm like, okay, this could work in the right place, but I'll come back to that. You know, for, for every four song EP you hear, there's 20 songs that didn't make it, but you know, 20 little ideas that were like, yeah, this was cool for the 10 minutes I started on it. Now I'm over it. You know? Um, you know, obviously, you know, you've been doing music for a long time, but when, when you're making music, do you, are there any other influences that are not music that kind of leak into the songs? Like maybe, yeah. um, something you heard in a movie or something you saw at the grocery store, like a jingle in a commercial, <laughs> like what uh, other type of influences do you think come into play other, other than just, you know, other, other, other uh, songs or music? Yeah. I mean, I would say outside of like sound as a whole, my other influences are really like my, I think my interpersonal relationships are the biggest part of them. I would say, you know, a little bit of it is also, you know, maybe I, maybe I had a long argument with somebody on Facebook that day or something and I was just frustrated, you know? So when I, when I come and lay something down, that will like kind of leak onto the page, you know, there, there are some, um, you know, not even if it's like an argument, if I just read some fucked up news, you know, that, that can affect me a little bit or, you know, or maybe I'm just sad that day, man. I mean, I, I, like I, you know, I suffer from depression like a lot of us do. Um, and some days I'm just sad, you know, for no apparent reason. And when I sit down and make music that day, it may just come out sad, you know? <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I think, I think interpersonal relationships are probably like the bulk of non sound things that inspire me, just friendships and relationships and, you know, maybe I had a weird conversation with my dad earlier that day or so, you know what I mean? Just stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one thing, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge, you know, movie guy. Um, I, you know, I've, I've directed a couple of short films, so I really, um, want to eventually do like a, you know, a feature film. And, um, I always, when I'm listening to some music and even, even yours, I go, wow, like this, this would this would be nice to have in in this type of scene, right? The soundtrack, um, yeah. The, exactly the, the soundtrack. Is that something that you've ever thought about? Has anyone ever approached you about yes. doing that? Um, I actually scored um, like a little indie film in college, um, which I still I, man, I, I I lost the files to it. I think I'd have to hit up the director. I think she still has like the the, the master cut somewhere. You know what I mean? But right. I haven't even like seen the little film in forever. But um, I actually starred in it. It was like a little black and white with, with mostly just me in it. And um, after the fact, they were like, well, you do music. Fucking can you do the sound for it? And I was like, sure, that would be fun. You know, so it was mostly like um, mostly piano score. You know what I mean? And um, I really enjoyed doing that. That was a lot of fun. And um, it made me kind of get out of my box a little bit at the time. And I liked playing around in that area you know so yeah if somebody hit me up to do that again now i'd be totally down to do that or even if they were just like can i use this song yeah man go for it like i don't you know what i mean if, it, if you like yeah, it, i mean and and how did that process go did did they kind of i mean obviously you're you were in it so did they shoot it first and 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 then yeah. you did the soundtrack and so you you basically based it on what you know what you're seeing and what the 
the type of scene it was and what the director yeah. wanted. Yeah, so it was set, right? it was a silent film, right? Again, it was a little indie college black and white mm-hmm. silent film. <laughs> and um, so I just try to, you know, whatever, when I, you know, I watch it. So I think it was only like 15 minutes long or something, you know. And it's like, I watch it and I'm just like, okay, how, how do I feel here? You know, so I sit in front of the piano while I watch it and just what, what am I feeling when I see this scene or when I see my face or whoever's face that they're making, you know what I mean? Um, I think it's kind of just trying to, I don't know, just kind of fill in this artistic gap that isn't quite there yet, you know? Yeah. Like there, there's a, there's an emotion to be conveyed. You need to be able to like convey it for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think uh, someone in your shoes who produces and makes music without lyrics, without words, mm-hmm. you know, you're more of an expert at that than somebody who's, a, you know, always constantly, constantly using the words to tell the story. Um, you know, I, you yeah, just, I suppose you, that give me an advantage, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we, we, might, we might have to talk later down the line, you know, I got some stuff in the works. Sure, I'm down, man. <laughs> do, do a little collaboration. Um. So you're in, you're in Fredericksburg now. Your mm-hmm. your your company is uh, eventually going to move to Austin. Correct. Yeah. Um, what are some of the kind of the long term plans you have, or have, or maybe even short term plans of things you're trying to trying to accomplish, things you're trying to do in the future? Like in my music career, uh, in general, my- just in life, yeah. Um, man, I just want to keep improving. You know, I want to, I want to get better at engineering. I want to get better at making music. Um, I want to improve myself. I want to, um, you know, stack some money, make some investments and stuff like that. I just, I just want to, you know, like I said, I'm I'm 31 now, so it's, I need to start kind of getting stuff together. You know what I mean? (laughs) I can't just kind of like dick off as much as, you know, when you're 24. Um, yeah, improving, man. I, my short and long-term plans are just to be better than yesterday and whatever that capacity is, you know? I mean, I think that's a great a great plan, you know. So many people, you know, they get complacent. Yeah. You know, they, they, they start to settle. Um, you know, there's there's always room for improvement. Always. Right? And, and everything all, you the, do. The, all, all the great artists, um, they never stop. They always try to get better, regardless of how many records they sell. Yeah. And even if it's like, you know, some of my favorite artists or whoever's favorite artists, a lot of these like real great artists, you know, you'll see they they change a lot over time, you know, and it's even when it's like, okay, like for an example, I uh, Death Cab for Cutie, right? This teenage, you know, childhood, very dear to me. I love that band, man, coming from like their start until about late 2000s. All of that is like immaculate to me right and after that i just don't really care for it too much but i appreciate that you're not just doing the same thing for 20 years you know what i mean and you know bands especially like our you know radiohead that's gone through just so many changes that you can still um continue to reinvent yourself while kind of staying yourself does that make sense no it makes perfect sense you know I'm, i'm the same you know the same way when it comes to that i hate people saying oh you know this band sold out you know they yeah, yeah. they changed their style and it's like what do you expect them to do you know yeah, especially <laughs> when, espe- well especially when like you have bands that are struggling mm-hmm. that are, they don't have any money and then all of a sudden they're millionaires yeah got a mansion the the the, the emotion the feelings their environment 
they yeah, change. they're different, totally different. Yeah, yeah. A lot of I always say like you know, I hate to be that guy that's like their first album was better, but man, I think people's <laughs> first albums you have all that like raw emotion. Exactly, and exactly. After that, it's like you said, like okay, now these guys got a ton of money and they got to quit their jobs and music is their full time life and stuff like that. And you you hear all these changes, you know, for better or worse, you hear these improvements or you know the opposite in their music down the line you know yeah absolutely and then i mean you know people people grow yeah. in general right i mean especially a lot of people start music when they're really young and they're yeah, really immature that's a big part too yeah you know yeah how you immature. feel when you're 20 is not yeah. how you feel when you're 40 you know exactly you have you have different priorities yeah. you have kids mm-hmm. you have marriages you have mortgages like yeah. <laughs> everything's so different like how do you expect the, the music to remain constant when all yeah, the variables it's, are it's changing? it's selfish is really what that thinking is <laughs> to just expect somebody to put out the same stupid ass song for 20 30 40 years you know that's just kind of i mean you look at like the beatles dude look how much they changed from 63 to 70 you know or 69 really like it's just they went through like 18 different iterations you know and ended up giving you all this music that it's like you know if they would have all sounded like please please me then you could be like well i do or i don't like this but now you have so many options that it's like kind of hard to be like i don't like any beatles songs you know what i mean because there's something for everyone you know it's yeah if you don't like any if you don't like any beatles songs then you don't like music you need to get the fuck out my face if you like it (laughs) (laughs) um you know let's let's talk about obviously the biggest story in the world and that's uh that's the pandemic right yeah it's covid um we know we kind of we've kind of touched on it a little bit but um how would you say it has affected you not only professionally, but also, you know, personally uh, during all this? So uh, professionally, like I said, it's, you know, musicians don't really have a lot of money to begin with, like start, you know, you know, little musicians that are coming to me, not the guys that are going to these big name engineers that are already labeled and millionaires and all that. Um, So it has definitely put a big damper on, uh, you know, again, luckily I have a side job. I have a job now, but it has put a big damper on my professional income. But um, personally, I I miss my friends, man. I got to say, like, leaving Houston and coming here at the start of the pandemic made it where I couldn't even, like, make any new friends. You know, I uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier before, I really like to play Match the Gathering. And uh, I didn't, you know, there's nowhere to go play magic. That's usually a really easy outlet to make friends in a new city. I've, I've found, you know, um, you know, there's no shows to go to. There's just, there's nowhere to like meet people. So um, I'm, I'm really just, I hate to use the word lonely or whatever, you know, but I just like, I miss my friends, man. I miss just like kicking back and laughing with friends and, you know, drinking or smoking or whatever, like watching a movie together. Like I just, I miss kicking it. <laughs> I really do. I feel kind of like just by myself here, you know, when it's like, at the same time, you know, I have three other cities of friends, but it's like, I'm, I'm gone. So, you know, you, I don't know if you've ever moved city before, man, but it, there's an out of sight, out of mind thing that starts to happen as time goes on, you know? And, um, it's just like that, that circle of people that you keep regular contact with online just kind of shrinks all the time, you know, in the meantime, there's no new friends. <laughs> so I've just been bored, dude. <laughs> I've been really bored, but I've been making a bunch of music. So, I guess there's that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not you're not the only one, man. I'm I'm kind right. of the same way. I mean, it's, it's, there's obviously, uh, you know, a, a different type of pandemic, right? With with people, yeah. Um, you know, emotional 
dealing with everything, uh, being isolated. It's just, it's not healthy, right? It's not no, healthy it's not. for your, for your mental state. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if you're a person like yourself or like me who enjoys just, just fucking around with their friends. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I love talking, you know, I love talking to whoever and I like talking about really any type of topic. And when you're not able to go out and just, hang out have a couple of drinks or whatever catch a show sure. um it's 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 it, it's lonely it's sad you know yeah. it's it it has an effect on you and you know it's kind of one of those things where you you really just have to wait it out right like there's yeah. really no yeah, other option do, man. yeah um are you are you going to be uh doing the uh the vaccine like i don't really have an opinion on it man like i i like probably, you know, I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Like <laughs> I, um, I'm not like a COVID denier or whatever. Just, I'd like to point that out. Um, yeah. Um, and I know people will be like, Oh, they rushed the vaccine. It was like, well, yeah, man, the whole world is under a pandemic. Like we need to come up with answers. A lot of the time that it takes for a vaccine, of course, is all that rigorous testing over years and years and years, but we don't have 10 years, you know, we need right, to get right. it now. So um, do I trust that it's, um, you know, side effect free? Uh, I'm optimistic, but you know, I wouldn't, you know, you know, I don't know, you know, there's, there's no long-term testing of this, you know, uh, at the same time, I would like to get back to regular life for myself and everyone else. So I suppose, yeah, I would probably end up getting the vaccine here eventually. I'm also yeah, tired of wearing I, a mask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even heard like uh, live nation, you know, which, which is a huge, uh promoter for concerts like they are, are going to start once they start doing concerts again they're going to start requiring people to come in to the concert to show proof a certificate really that they took the vaccine um, wow. and uh you know i mean i i always felt like i was like i don't know i'm pretty healthy i don't know i don't i don't know if i want to be a guinea pig but i mean the way i see it now obviously it's 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 millions of people have gotten it um, so I, I feel like now, but especially because of my age group, you know, and I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not at the top of the list. Yeah. So I think by, by the time it does get to me, yeah, it'll be a little more kinks would, out of the way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Get a little more kinks out the way and at least get to see, you know, I, I only know maybe like, like two people that have gotten it. And that's because they, they're both nurses at a hospital. I, I, so then, you know, I know maybe like a dozen people or something like that. I know someone has died from it, man. Some girl I went to high school with died from it. This really? was like maybe last summer or something like that. Yeah. Just was healthy as oh, far no, as I know. And she just died. Died from COVID or from yeah. the vaccine? Well, from, you know, listed as dying from COVID. Yeah. Hey, I'm talking about COVID. I'm saying. Oh, oh yeah, are you yeah, saying yeah. you only know two people have gotten the vaccine? The vaccine. I yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I don't know. I think I know a couple people. Um, one is a nurse. And uh, like a few other people I've seen on Facebook that posted, you know, that they got the vaccine. I'm just like, this was that, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because, you know, um, I just want to make sure when, once I start seeing that all these people are getting it and mm -hmm. they're good, then, you know, it, it's a comfort level, right? You know, like you said, this this was rushed out, obviously, because of uh, it had to be. the situation. It had to be. Yeah. And, um, and obviously, technology nowadays is just so much better than it sure. was back in the day. Sure. Um, this, this was a collaborative effort from, from the world, right? Yeah. All these countries got together to really get this going. So, um, 
I'm definitely, you know, I know people who are just like, well, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. You know, I'm not, I'm not one of those. Uh, <laughs> right. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a technology guy. You know, I do a lot of reading and, and I felt like, fuck it. I feel like it's safe enough once it, once it does get to me that, especially because man, like, like, like you said, you know, let, let's, let's, let's get the party going again, man. Like, you know, let's, yeah, let's get back yeah, out there, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm mostly an introvert, you know, um, but I still just, I miss just being around people. I miss like people watching, you know, like I may not go to the club and, and talk to everybody there, but I like to watch the scene, you know, stuff like that, or just even going to see a damn movie or something, you know, I just, the whole world is like kind of caught up in this like purgatory limbo situation where like nothing can really happen. You know what I mean? So I would like to just see everyone get back to our normal life as much as possible. And I know that taking the vaccine is part of that, you know, um, and again, yeah, that will, it'll, it'll allow you to uh, go back into the world of magic, right? Yeah, I, yeah. And I, I, I know. I think, like, almost every time I saw you, you you were playing magic. Yeah, I was like about to go play or something. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like, your place was like really close to where I'd go. And yeah, play. yeah. <laughs> um, how, I mean, how did are you, are you? You've always just liked it since it was. I remember when it kind of started taking off when I was younger. I I kind of got into it, mm-hmm. but I I don't know. I just for whatever reason it just wasn't my cup of tea. So um, is it, yeah, go ahead. You know, I was I was just gonna say it's something you've been doing for a long time. Yeah, man. When I uh, so magic started in '93, right? And I remember being, you know, little, like four or five or six or something like that. And my um, I guess I was like four or five, and my my uncle Jake, who's like ten years older than me, so he's a teenager at the time had magic cards like i'm talking the og magic cards right and um i just remember being little you know they're like zombies and goblins and and i already like kind of liked fantasy stuff as a child i still do you know and um they just were so cool i was you know i don't know how the game works but i was like i i I like this you know (laughs) and um later i guess around like fifth or sixth grade i started to like get my hands on my own cards you know because i found a few other kids that played them and i I, you know, I played like for funsies pretty much all the way until Katrina. Um, so this is like, you know, 99 to 05. And um, Katrina, we only had like one shop in New Orleans to play Magic at, and it kind of just got washed out of everyone, you know. So, and at that point, it was like, you know, I'm a teenager. I got distracted with everything else about life, you know. So I came back to it around like, I think 2014. And then when I moved, you know, I started to like, as I have now that I'm an adult, was able to get a little better at it. And when I moved to Cincinnati, now um, the Midwest is like the magic capital of the world or whatever, damn near. I'm saying, man, there's like, you could play magic every night of the week at a different shop and within like a 30 minute drive, if you wanted to, from Cincinnati. Um, you know, there's big tournaments within two hours every other weekend. You know what I mean? So I got on like the competitive grind and I started playing these like big tournaments and just, focusing as much as I could on being like a good player, you know, and which was fun and not fun. Uh, (laughs) I do, you know, again, I I enjoy like a challenge and again, something that changes and keeps making you challenge yourself. And um, those games where you like pull it out of your ass feels great. You know, you're like, I I solved the puzzle, you know, but then there's some days where it's like, man, you thought you had it all together and you show up, you drive two hours at six in the morning to some big tournament and then it's like your first four rounds, you draw like God hates you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. you're just drawing the worst cards and stuff. And you're just like, man, this is just, this fucking sucks. You know, why am I doing this? Why am I out here? And it can be, 
could be really emotionally frustrating doing that competitive grind. So now I've, I've kind of just gone back to, I, I like to be as best a player as I can, but I'm going back to mostly playing for fun for now because you can play online and stuff, you know, so I've been doing that, but I do really miss paper magic. I guess it's, it's, uh, I guess it's kind of like me. I, I really like chess. I'm, I'm a huge fan I love fan chess, of chess too. Yeah. And, uh, it it's I want I'm I'm guess you know I'm, I'm kind of I'm not sure I'm I'm gonna ask you it, 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 the difference for me with chess like playing it in person um, it it just feels different yeah. when you're with that person right there kind of looking looking at their facial expressions yeah. I guess it's I guess to be make a more accurate comparison it would be like playing poker you know you can play poker online but. I mean, I don't right. know if magic has like yeah, you can't see him sweat. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Your hand is hidden, you know, so there's Lord knows what's going on behind his hands. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, watching that guy draw a card and make the like fuck face, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, all right, yeah. I already know that I got you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'd really started to make that a big point. But once once you get into competitive stuff, you, you need to kind of make that part of your game is like really reading your opponent, you know, and like you said, when you're looking at a screen, it's just not at all the same, you know, I can't, I can't see you jitter nervously. I can't read your face. I can't, you know, I can't like just kind of watch your body language and the way you move things around and stuff. It's all, all of that adds up when you're trying to 1% over your opponent at a time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do do you, are there any things, uh, other type of hobbies or, th- uh, things you like to do? I mean, you got the music, you got the magic, um, uh, what, what, what else, uh, entertains, uh, Jesse? Uh, I went through, um, now I'm kind of on hiatus from that. It's a very expensive hobby. Uh, I do like cars. Um, oh, okay. I was a car guy for a hot minute there, man. I had a little souped up ride and all that stuff. Um, but it's, it is when you like really get into it and try to, you know, be racing and, and souping your car up and all that shit breaks, man. And it's, it's, it ain't no like $200 fix. It's always some thousand dollar fix or something. And, I just, I was like, that's when I, when I got rid of that car, I was like, I don't want to get into that until I have a lot of money, you know what I mean? <laughs> like money set aside. So one of these days I'd like, I'm hoping maybe like later this year or something, I can get another little like for funsies kind of car. But right now I'm kind of just trying to take it easy on that hobby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially because like you're, you're really pushing that car to its max. Yeah. Like, you're, past you're, that. You're, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're pushing it until, until it breaks. It's yeah, going to yeah. eventually break. Yeah. And I mean, you're beating the shit out of it anyway, even if it's stock, you're still banging on it, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I'm, I've never really been a huge car guy. Um, so, it's, it's an adrenaline um, rush, you know, it's, I well, it, I like going fast. Don't get me wrong. It's, I, I going, man, to me, it's not even like the going fast. It's like, uh, it's the acceleration, you know, that feeling of being like sucked mm, back in the seat is just, yeah. it's, it's something that's hard to replace. You know what I mean? It's like being shot out of a cannon. Like it's just, and it's, you know, holding onto that wheel and hoping it doesn't just take a left and right, you knowing right. you kind of like Jesus take the wheel kind of situation. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a cool feeling. It's kind of hard to, like I said, it's kind of hard to replace, you know? Yeah, you, you have you ever driven a, a Tesla? I haven't. I, I heard those are pretty fun, man, because I got they yeah. have like unlimited torque or whatever. Yeah, I, I haven't either, but I keep hearing about. Uh, I think it's the what is it? The ludicrous, the ludicrous mode where it just goes from like zero to sixty in like two, yeah, two like two something. Yeah, 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 and it just. Zoom, I'm just all about that. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm about. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to go one fifty. I've, I've done that. It's kind of not fun. Like. <laughs> Right. Once you right. once you get like well above a hundred miles an hour, it's it's very very sketch. You know, you know any any little slight 
you hit like a good size rock or something. And that's that. That's a wrap. You know what I mean? Or somebody yeah. pulls out in front of you or some shit. So I, I don't really like going over a hundred, you know, but I, I love accelerating, you know, whether that's from 20 to 40 or whatever, like that's, that's where I get my kick, you know? No, I, I completely understand. Um, well, let's, let's just kind of get you out there. Um, you know, you just said you just jumped on Spotify. Yeah. I definitely want people to, to, to have a listen. Uh, so if they, if, they, if they search for you on Spotify, do they need to type your album or do they just type your, your artist? You can just name? look up Soundbite. That's B-Y-T-E. Um, Soundbite. There is another Soundbite, uh, but it's a bunch of kids, a bunch of young guys that are rappers. So you should be able to tell the difference between a <laughs> gang of, of dudes and me. Um, but... Yeah, I have currently my new album is up there and I've submitted a few more that should be up, you know, sometime next week. So it'd be better to just look up Soundbite and you'll be able to get it. And that's the, the new one's Powdered Milk, right? Powdered Milk is a new one, yeah. And yeah. Um, and again, on Bandcamp, um, you can just look at, uh, I think it's Soundbite Nola, like N-O-L-A dot bandcamp.com. And I have all of my releases on there and I'll continue to keep them on there because I'm not really interested in making money. I just would like to share the art, you know. So there's like yeah, I mean, seven that, albums on there. Yeah, that's another thing, man. Uh, is 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 the your your uh, choice to release all this music for free? Mm-hmm. Um, was that something that you just always knew you were going to do? I mean, yeah. you you just I mean you you obviously charge for your services, but yeah. when it comes to the, to the music, you you just want the whole world to have access to it. Absolutely, man. Um, like, please go to my Bandcamp and download it and do whatever you want with it. You know, like like that's all. That's all good, man. Um, it's it's art. I don't think people should charge for art. Personally, you know, I get like if you're selling a painting or whatever, and you're an artist, and that's how you make your income. Like, I get that, but um, music to me is you know it's not tangible. Music is just there, right? It's not something you can like take home per se. And you know, if you buy a CD or whatever, cool. But as far as in the digital age, like, I don't know. I just I don't want to charge you 10 bucks to download my album and fucking no one's going to even hear it. Cause no one knows who you are. No one's going to spend 10, but you know what I mean? I'd rather just be like, here, listen to it. I hope you like it, you know? Um, and I'm just, I'm not really like on the band camp. You, you can like donate, you, you can pay whatever you want. Right. And I, you know, again, I appreciate everyone who gives me 10 bucks for the album or whatever. That's great. But um, if everyone downloaded it for $0, I'd be completely indifferent. You know, I, I don't, I don't want any barrier for music and, um, that's also part of why I've been kind of not wanting to put it on Spotify is just, um, I don't know. Um, it's a barrier. Like people need to have Spotify to hear it, you know? So, but at the same time, it's just like everyone has Spotify now damn near. And it's gotten to the point where it's, it was hurting me to not be on Spotify because people would be like, well, I like your stuff, but I'm not about to like go to your website every time I want to listen to your stuff. Right. Right. So I finally cracked and was like, "Fuck it, I'll just put it on Spotify." Which is which is so stupid, you know that that people. I mean, it's, it's to me that's just laziness. Like, uh, like yes and no. Like, yeah, I, there's a sentiment that like that's kind of being lazy, but at the same time, like I just think of myself as a listener. Like, it's easier to just put your Spotify on shuffle or a play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Than to like specifically go and listen to that album on an app. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not really mad at him. Again, at first it was annoying, but then it just got to a point where so many people were like, dude, just put it on sound on Spotify and I'll share it and listen to it and playlist it and all that. And so I said, all right, fuck it. I'll, I'll put it up there. And I'm pretty sure you've probably noticed, uh, does it, does Spotify tell you how many listens you're getting to it or? Uh, it does, but it's only been up there for like a few days. It took forever to process it. Cause again, there's a, 
a gang of kids that had the same name as me. So we, mm. we had kind of like a little cross processing going on, but I had, it took a few weeks to get that situated. Um, but it, it actually just got live like two days ago. So um, I can see the plays, although it refreshes very slowly. I've noticed it's kind of like once a day, does it go, okay, now you got this many plays, you know, but I'm, like I said, I've been, when it comes to band camp where I can see more of my plays, uh, I've gotten a third of my plays in the last month. So powdered milk seems to be resonating a lot with listeners. And again, I appreciate everyone who listens big time. You know, I, I took a little bit of a, a little out of my box on this one, a little, a little more left field. And I was a little nervous that people might be kind of like, Oh, this is a little too weird for me, you know, but it seemed like people really took to it. So that's, that's awesome, man. I, again, I appreciate everybody who, jumped in on that uh, is, is there anything else you, you you want to put out there i mean your instagram or any anything i, I don't know what you use to promote um i know well i have my um soundbite engineering on instagram that's like my studio page which um i want to get okay. more active again once i like get to austin and everything and really get cranking and that's again byte just soundbite engineering on instagram on instagram um, okay other than that it's all just you know i have like my personal instagram and personal facebook and all that and it's nothing too exciting i wouldn't really plug that (laughs) yeah no no um well i mean folks um definitely check this man out on on spotify um soundbite b-y-t-e um if you if if you like his work work which i know you will um check him out you know send him a message man maybe you you want to collaborate with the man soundbite engineering on instagram and uh, if you don't want to wait for all his other dope ass shit to drop, I mean, definitely check him out on what Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp has all of my releases for free. You can listen, download, you know, put it on a CD and throw it out the window, whatever you want to do with it. And that's Soundbite uh, N O L A. Yeah, Bandcamp.com. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. Uh, check this man out, man. Uh, he he has great music. He definitely has a my seal of approval, if that means anything. I appreciate even though it. I'm not, I'm not a musician myself, but <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to music. Yeah, uh, in, in my experience, you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesse, man, uh, I appreciate it, man. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on here, man. All fun. right, folks. Um, y'all have a good one.